0: I was told you were coming.
1: A slayer. They're himself stuck, all like a uh, cork in a bottle. My ascension is almost here I don't like vampires. So I'm gonna take a stand and say they're not good. No you no.
0: It's fucking fantastic.
1: I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way.
0: Clink. welcome to today's extra special not so special episode everybody i'm josh i'm rex and today instead of drinking beer uh on today's episode of beer with buffy
1: yeah we're we're lying to you guys we're we're lying to you
0: that's right because today we're drinking whiskey specifically
1: jameson whiskey which is my favorite whiskey
0: yes it is very irish I mean, okay, it's just Irish whiskey, and you guys are gonna you are gonna live with it. You are gonna fucking like it, you bunch of goddamn freeloaders. Uh, we don't we don't have to give you beer. Hello, <laughs> how are you today? I guess I am. I am more of an angry drunk when with whiskey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am always just a giddy drunk. Period. Pretty much whatever it is I am drinking. Well, that's fucking adorable. So, uh, Although I do always get louder when I drink, which is difficult considering how fucking loud I am.
0: That is a challenge. Look at you rising up to challenges. <laughs> so, uh, last time I checked, you've had some... Uh, <laughs>
1: My car died. Some... God damn it. <laughs> I wanted to ruin your joke. Because it's not a joke. It's sad.
0: <laughs> It'll always be a joke to me, Rex.
1: It's very sad. <laughs> I loved that car. Yeah, it was a piece of junk. Yeah, I only paid $400 for it. But but I loved that car. Tell him what you named it. <laughs> My car's name was Dr. Jones the Adventure Car. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Specifically a reference to, Do- to Indiana Jones' line of... It's not the years, it's the mileage.
0: Oh my. Because
1: when I bought it, it had just shy of 300,000 miles on it. I only put put 30,000 miles on it. The dog's name was Indiana. (laughs) That's actually a really good fucking impression. Man, look at us avoiding talking about this episode. (laughs) Oh, you're not
0: supposed to talk about it. We don't talk about Buffy. The vampire
1: slayer <laughs> here in this episode. So episode 10 of season one. It's called Nightmares. Nightmares.
0: I, I nicknamed it somewhere over the Shut the Fuck Up.
1: <laughs> oh, it is it is definitely that. So <laughs> let's just let's dive right into this, shall are, we? Are you sure you don't want to do a mom synopsis?
0: Oh, Well, fuck off. Of course I want to do a mom synopsis. Joshua, you're watching TV again. You're not specifically just paying attention to me constantly. I'm going to have to stop paying attention to your television show so that I can make you tell me what's going on in your television show, what's happening in your television show. Well, they're having some bad dreams. Is that what's going on, Joshua? Are they having bad dreams? (laughs) They're having bad dreams, and they're coming true, and then they make it stop. (laughs) Yeah. That's
1: (laughs) that's pretty much it. Yeah. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, 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 give me more Dights, I shall give walk in. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. So the episode opens up cold open into the Master's lair, which we haven't seen for a bit. It's been a minute. Um and Buffy's down there in pigtails and everything. Yeah, you know, my
0: first impression is, man, it's a, uh, it's not an unwelcome sight. To see the Master's Lair, it's it's a nice character to have back. Our uh, dominatrix old man with his monkey-slave small child.
1: And his, his lair that is just filled with OSHA violations. <laughs> I'm like, she walks down some stairs, there is no handrail. And I'm like, <laughs> like,
0: wait, why do we like this character again? Okay, never mind.
1: And he's, like, he's barely in here. Yeah. And why open she could have had a different nightmare is mm. all i'm saying but <laughs> but yeah it, the master sees her and grabs her and did we she establish that back. buffy was in the master's lair yes okay i don't remember that <laughs> you're not paying
0: attention to me again josh yeah i get it from my mom
1: <laughs> you're not wrong well, so, the master... The Rex, ma- next time you birth me, <laughs> then we can talk, okay? The, the master grabs her, and she can't fight back, and then it's revealed that she's having a nightmare.
0: I'm going to pencil that in for this weekend, by the way. <laughs> I birthed you last full moon, so...
1: You are a disturbed individual. <laughs> It's not kinky. It's we just friendship. We are here to talk about Buffy. I am talking about not Buffy. Not your really, really uncomfortable, weird religious rites. This is Buffy.
0: <laughs> Aren't we Buffying? No. We Buffied last full moon. <laughs>
1: what the hell is wrong? With <laughs> 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 I, 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 I want to know. We don't know. (laughs) Warning, folks! We're a little bit drunker than we normally are. (laughs) I don't.
0: (coughs) I I, I foresee their damn business. Now, thank you to stay out of their personal affairs.
1: I foresee this episode being a little bit more incoherent than usual.
0: I'm perfectly coherent. Are you not coherent, Rex? Do we need to take a break?
1: (laughs) No, we just we've barely even started. (laughs) No, fine.
0: Go on. Keep talking about the plot. <laughs> the
1: hard air quotes. So, yeah. <laughs> it's barely a plot. I know. So we find out that Buffy's in a nightmare. She wakes up and today's a big day because her dad's coming to pick her up, which I'm pretty sure is the first time he's ever been fucking mentioned at all.
0: Yeah, isn't that nice?
1: Um and apparently his name is Hank. Hank?
0: Yeah. Well, Hank looked like Dexter. He did. I'm assuming he's out of the picture because he's too busy killing people. Yeah. You know.
1: He just wasn't quite redhead enough.
0: Like father, like daughter.
1: She's not killing people. She's killing demons. They're not people.
0: I uh, Killing, you know, hunting. It's two sides of the same coin.
1: So anyway, this episode jumps around a lot, which is going to make keeping a coherent podcast more difficult, but we go to... Because
0: we've kept it so coherent thus far.
1: Yes, we're totally professionals. You're welcome. <laughs> so we, we're at the school, Cordy's being Cordy, griping at another dude for being in her light. Yeah. We actually get a pretty decent kind of response from Xander here. I didn't write it down though, because yeah. it wasn't the, the words weren't that clever.
0: Oh, yeah, it was, uh, Wendell, don't you know that Cordelia is the center of the universe and we all merely revolve around her? There we go, I got that one. Did you
1: notice that she didn't argue
0: (laughs) at all? Like, she just accepted what he said. No, she rolled with it. Yeah. No, the girl knows how to improv. She said, why don't you revolve your way out of my light?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So she completely agrees that the world revolves around her still, though.
0: Yeah, respect was earned on both sides. Yes. It was win-win.
1: So we... Everyone sits down. Xander can't remember the teacher giving homework yesterday because of a sweater that she was wearing.
0: But he can very vividly recall her sweater.
1: Which, she, the teacher wasn't unattractive, but not so attractive that I think would warrant that kind of response from Xander. Yeah,
0: she didn't exactly knock it out of my ballpark. I kind of thought the same thing. But teach their own. Yeah, I mean... Hey, don't be body shaming, man.
1: No, I mean... <laughs> Like I said, she wasn't unattractive. She just she looked like an average teacher. Yeah. So once the lecture starts, the uh, teacher starts talking, and then Wendell, this new kid that is introduced in this episode, and I think the only time we ever see him, opens his book, and it's filled with tarantulas. Tarantulas. And everyone's freaking out and screaming. Buffy looks over at the door, and there's some kid there. Creepy-ass kid in the doorway. He actually... It took me a second, because he looks so much like a young uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Joseph Gordon-Lovett? Yeah, that's what I said. I I heard
0: Jehovah Gordon-Lovett. I tripped over my words. Fair enough.
1: He looks like a young Joseph Gordon-Lovett, but he's not, and no relation. He's Jeremy Foley, who has been in pretty much nothing. Whew. Mystery solved. I'm glad we got that one worked out. I'm just saying the kid looked familiar, <laughs> even though he's not. Okay.
0: I, don't, I honestly don't know who Joseph Gordon-Lovett is.
1: And then, for some reason, we go back to the master. We get an interaction with the master and the the chosen one kid, whatever the fuck he's called. Oh, the, and, the
0: anointed. Yeah, the anointed. Yeah. And he
1: has the weird augmented fucking voice, which is just, it sounds stupid. They
0: tried a little harder this time, but they also gave him less shit to say. Did you notice? Yes, yes. <laughs> Considerably. But, like, I think he said one word. Monsters.
1: Yes, he did. Yeah. But the Master's, you know, waxing intellectually about pain and touches a cross and shows that it doesn't hurt him, even though it's burning his flesh or some shit like that.
0: I wouldn't even say he was waxing intellectually. He was waxing expositorily.
1: Yeah. And it...
0: Like the kind of shit that nobody really sits and talks about.
1: Nothing he's saying is remotely fucking relevant. But he says that something weird is going on above, and the entirety of this scene with the master right before credits is fucking pointless. And they should have went to credits before they cut here. But then we go to credits.
0: Yeah, they made it seem like it was going to be a a big episode about the master. Yeah, and something that it's not something that he did to fuck with Buffy. Turns out, no. Just his spidey sense is tingling, and I'm like. Pfft. Hey, you got your steak, steak. Hey, you got your steak, 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 steak,
1: steak. So we cut to the next day after opening credits. Buffy's kind of weirded out by the spider thing, I guess, and worried that her dad's not gonna show. Yeah, something like that. This this episode is really kind of dull. The entire first half is just boring. What? Don't judge. It's boring. It has hope. It has hope. The, once the climax of the story happens and they're dealing with the, the actual plot, it's not bad. But the buildup <laughs> is, is just grinding. Yeah, the setup. Oh, the setup. So anyway. Willow's freaking out about the spiders. Mm-hmm. There's a few hints throughout the entire like first third of this movie. There's background stuff happening with different students about revolving around their nightmares and stuff. Yeah. And so we, we're getting a lot of hints that nightmares are going on.
0: Mm-hmm. like the scene with the uh, the greasers. Yes. Like, suddenly there's a greaser gang yeah. in this high school. Um, and uh, one of them's talking about, we're going to take him down because he needs to learn about respect and honor. And then his mom comes in and starts being like, like, oh, honey, my baby
1: darling. Like, it would have worked if they were like punked out or something or goth kids. maybe. Right. But fucking greasers. They didn't even try. No, they They, really didn't.
0: They had some leather jackets sitting around in the back room and they said, what if some
1: greasers? Blah. Yeah. And so they, they go into the library and Giles is like, not there. And all of a sudden he pops out of the stacks and he's like, I was lost. Looked a bit disheveled. <laughs> and he had gotten lost in the stacks, which apparently.
0: is uncharacteristic for Giles. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. But there, there's a good line here because they're telling Giles about the spiders and Xander, while talking to Giles... Being a da, dick. Yeah. Da, <laughs> a
0: fucking dick.
1: Crawl, uses his fingers to, to mimic a spider crawling on uh, Willow's shoulder, and she, like, freaks out and turns had around. Because we just
0: established th- that she hates spiders yep. in the hallway scene before this.
1: And she turns around and smacks him, and he looks at her in deadpans. It's funny if you're me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got that one, too. Not but, a bad episode for Xander, frankly. No,
1: no. And honestly, I didn't write that many good... There's I didn't write that many lines down, not yeah. really.
0: No, I, I I wrote down a few lines just cuz it helps me remember the scene better. Yeah. I didn't really get any quotes of the day per se.
1: There there's not any great quotes, which <laughs>
0: I almost wrote down the entirety of uh, Buffy's scene with her dad. Um
1: I wrote I made a couple of notes on that as well. God. We'll, we'll get there. We'll yeah! will get there. We'll get there. Uh, um that's a bit ahead. But the the Scooby gang decides to go talk to Wendell, which was the kid who had the spiders happen to him. Uh-huh. And Wendell, damn Wendell, you need some Xanax or something. You're a bit too intense.
0: He's yeah, a little angsty.
1: I, I don't, well. I understand that something big and traumatic happened to I, him, but he he talks about this spider incident as it being a... a Nightmare that he has encountered before, but he's very intense about it.
0: Right. I was gonna say I. I think he might just be hanging out with Angel a lot because <laughs> he's acting like he's in the professional school for he, broody he really children. Is.
1: He really is. He's like it take it takes them a few times of saying his name for him to even acknowledge acknowledge uh-huh. him. I assume he's he,
0: standing directly in front of him. I assume he was going for like post traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, I expected him to slowly, you know, freak out about how awful yesterday was. But so we find out that it was he wasn't upset for the reasons we thought he was. Right.
1: He was he actually loves spiders. He used to have spiders due to the stupidity of his brother. They were dead. And ever since then, he's had nightmares about spiders.
0: Yeah, I I guess about getting um, revenge
1: yeah, and for, acted
0: upon him by spiders yeah. for accidentally killing them. When really, I mean, it was his brother that killed them. Yeah,
1: uh, Child logic. That's yeah. definitely child logic. Yeah. But in the middle of this this Wendell scene, Cordy walks by and is like, Buffy, we have a history test.
0: Which is super out of character for yeah. Cordelia. I
1: wrote down, Cordy, Cordy being nice and helpful must be a nightmare. <laughs> 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 but like... Buffy doesn't isn't even really sure where class is doesn't really recall being in this class hasn't studied for the test sits down to take the test like the times jumping forward so it's over within a few moments Yeah, I
0: really liked the way they did the uh the filmography of this scene. Um, yeah, they
1: they did it well. They had, it
0: felt like a nightmare. It did. Very exaggerated shadows.
1: Definitely. Um, definitely, I mean, the way she broke her lead. Like, she broke her lead like she was, like, trying to break the pencil in half Like on she the was paper. trying to stab a
0: fucking hole through her desk. <laughs>
1: yeah. And the look
0: on the, you know, and the, the incessant ticking in the background. Yep. The look on the teacher's face just who,
1: completely... Who was so, like, the, like, the most quintessential, like, early 80s teacher. Yeah. Like, ever. Like, any... Teen comedy that you saw from the '80s had this fucker as a teacher. There, uh-huh. it has
0: got those thick Coke bottle glasses, and slightly the,
1: balding. His hair, the hair that he has, is a little too long. The he '70s a, stash, just, yeah, yeah. Any moment now, you're thinking Ferris Bueller's gonna bump through the, <laughs> the door <laughs> or something. But yeah, she sees the the kid again. I think here, yeah, I he
0: pops up in the doorway, yeah. Um, just as her test is over, which literally thirty seconds went by,
1: right? And at she didn't, most, she, and, there and it was, was obviously
0: good... supposed to be like real time for Buffy as well, right?
1: And there was a good line from her though, is because she's looking at her blank test and looking at the questions. I tried to pause it and actually read some of the questions, but they weren't on screen long enough eh. to really get a good look. I just wanted to see if there was like any like if they were coherent questions.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they didn't think that far ahead.
1: But she goes, "At least I know my name." And when she goes to write her name is when she breaks the pencil. Yeah. And then she looks up and the bell rings for the test being over. And so she's all freaking out about that.
0: Which that's fair. That's actually one of my bigger anxiety dreams, not necessarily a test per se, so much as um basically I have this dream, a, a recurring dream, that it's the end of the semester, and I felt felt like I was forgetting something all semester. Oh, shit. I've not been going to one of my classes all semester.
1: I actually did that. I remember you telling <laughs> me that, because
0: I've told you about this dream
1: before. So, I actually did that. I. I- <laughs> i am i was in college and i was i was doing piecemeal piecemeal <laughs> classes rather than any sort of like specific schedule yeah and i picked up this class and i went to the first two and then just somehow fucking forgot about it and then i didn't realize that i had not been going to this class till they're like oh you're dropped from this class and i'm like uh-huh. oh okay so yeah that's
0: actually a total totally legit nightmare
1: And then back out into the rest of the school there's the camera goes to these couple of students we'd never seen before and one decides to go down in the basement of the school to smoke yeah which it seems like there would be better places for this yeah not to mention this basement was an
0: ocean nightmare
1: yeah like, oh yeah
0: I think the master it, should move in there This
1: basement looked like <laughs> something out of uh Nightmare on Elm Street It did It really did
0: yeah like the lighting alone... Um, yeah,
1: like, there are no lights. There should be at least one light. Yeah, it looked more like a basement from the fucking Evil Dead than a high school. Why didn't she, like, stop at the top of the stairs and go, maybe I don't need a cigarette? Because <laughs> I don't think I'd go down there.
0: Yeah, also, I was thinking, wow, if this is one of your nightmares, then this basement should really be the last fucking place I was that- also. You even consider going into.
1: I was also really kind of surprised that they had a high school student smoking, or like she was about to smoke. Mm-hmm. They never showed her actually smoking, but I was a little surprised at this. However, it's obviously for a slight kind of joke sort of thing that they do. They tied it together with yeah. the
0: non-smoking ad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's my point. <laughs> um, so... We hear this voice say Lucky 19 and this big giant old fish monster looking dude who's bald and in a trench coat. Shall we dub him the Ugly Man? Yes.
0: Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, your villain. Who's not very impressive. The one, the only, the most terrifying of all, the Ugly Man. He has
1: some scarring on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like he's got but one... he has a baseball like a giant club like baseball bat thing for a hand. Was was that for his hand? Yeah. I thought he was
0: just holding it. No, it was his hand. Oh
1: whatever. But she he, and he had a he dead attacks, eye. Yeah, he attacks this this girl and as he's beating her, the camera like pans to the side and we see a smoking kills ad. And it was a, kind of a big eye roll moment for me. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> it's wasn't there another non-smoking ad yeah and it showed like the sexiest man ever shirtless with a cigarette in his mouth and it said something like smoking was bad for you or smoking kills or something like that huh and it's like that is not how you make those ads (laughs) (laughs) that's not a non-smoking ad (laughs) they should just have a
0: pack of cigarettes attached to that sign that says here light up yeah pretty much Uh. so then we're back in the library (laughs) <laughs> oh, um, I need to follow along with my notes better. So when they were talking to, uh, what is it, Wendell? Yep. About his spider thing. And it was like, no, I really love spiders. Fucking Xander. He's like, it is platonic, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, it, oh, it, Xander, it, Xander's reactions in that entire <coughs> scene were fucking just fantastic. We must hand it to the boy. He has a very
0: nice, healthy libido. He clearly can't stop thinking about sex one fucking way or another. No, he cannot. No matter what's going on. So, you so, know, 16 year
1: old boy. Yeah. Anyway, we end up in the library where uh, Giles learns that he can't read um, and he's freaking out because oh, that's wait. one of his nightmares. No, we
0: cut to the hospital after a smoking kills.
1: Oh, right, right. Yes.
0: So my first note was how the fuck did anybody even find her down there?
1: Yeah, you know. Also, life... she didn't look very beaten. They yeah. really underdid the the makeup effects. They for really could have, like, for her being in the hospital. Yeah, she like, yeah. The doctor later says that she has broken bones, but she doesn't look like she was beaten. They really could have exaggerated that a
0: lot, sure. But yeah, I mean, even if there was a janitor in the basement, he wouldn't have seen her. He, he no. just thought she was another pile of trash yeah, laying around. There was no light. <laughs> Oh, got to push the mop cart over this lump. Ah, uh, <laughs> there we go. Push A- it aside with my foot. He's <laughs> squishy, this one. Very squishy. <laughs> so we know we're in the hospital because Giles is wearing his hospital ascot.
1: Is that, his, like, have we seen them? At-
0: it's the only time I've seen him wear really? it. Really? Maybe I just haven't noticed. Maybe it's the only time I notice him wearing the ascot, but several episodes ago. Uh, I think it was the witch episode. Definitely the witch episode. So all the way back to episode three.
1: Wow. I made
0: mention of Giles and it was like, is
1: that a fucking ascot he's wearing? (laughs) I need to make fun of that. I actually hope that that's a running thing that they do with Giles. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anytime he goes to the hospital, he needs this ascot.
0: Well, they fucked it up already just internally with this episode because he does put it on again
1: later. Oh. When they do other things not hospital-related. So, yeah, the the doctor in this scene. Oh, my, the doctor in this scene. Really? Well, because he looks us at him. Tell about the doctor in this scene. Dude, he looks at him, he's like, they're asking about the girl. Oh, yeah. And he's like, are you are you family? And they're like, no, we're friends. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll tell you anyway then. <laughs> yeah. No patient confidentiality yeah. here. And then not only tells them about like her, but tells them about this other kid, the the first victim. Who Yeah. <laughs> and just like this doctor is giving out way too much information. Yeah, seriously, I
0: was like, I <laughs> man, maybe you should involve the police first. Anyway. Back to the library, right? So Yeah, so I've got Willow Willow and Xander talk about a possible connection between Wendell and Laura.
1: Yep, and Uh, then... uh, That's when the
0: greaser thing in the hallway happens.
1: And then uh, Buffy and Giles are in the library. This is when Giles can't read. Yep. And this is when they find out about Billy, who is a kid who uh, (coughs) is in the hospital, who was beaten, who sounds like to be the first victim of this lucky 19... uh, ugly man dude
0: because even though giles can't read he still happens to have it just exactly the right article out on the table yep at the right time even though it's a week old for buffy to buffy, notice buffy
1: even says in this scene that giles you're the answer guy or yeah something like uh, to that effect and i'm like but giles is very <laughs> rarely the answer guy at this point he usually has Suggestions, at least, to
0: give them things
1: to go on. but... Off of... And this is when, honestly, one of the hardest fucking scenes in this entire episode happens. Because, uh... What, Xander ends up in his underwear? No. Buffy's dad shows up. (laughs) We did skip over that, though. Like,
0: Willow was with... It
1: happened right here. Um, but yeah, it... It's hard to keep track of so what- yeah,
0: little nightmare. Things are happening all over the school. Yeah. It's getting more and more obvious that like weird shit's happening. I just thought it was funny how, uh, when they're telling Buffy and Giles about this, Willow uh, was all, <laughs> she had this wry smile on her face and Xander's
1: like, no, it was bad. It was very bad. And did you notice when she, when Xander bolts out of the room, she happily follows him, and like she does not look as upset about anything that's going on.
0: <laughs> Poor Xander was in his underwear. Oh my fucking god, Xander, you need to throw that girl a bone.
1: It is really funny because he like pinches himself three or four times. And uh. He's like. Ow. And it didn't look like that would have been a painful spot to pinch <laughs> no, yourself. It was not.
0: I, didn't, I mean, no. Yeah. Did just that little... Is it? That little flap of skin, like oh, right yeah. right around your armpit it there? It not take much. It's sensitive. It's like the inside of your thighs, except it's your arm. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and... And I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the Slayer and we're like you.
1: the Slayerettes. Oh, please. Anyway, yeah. we get to the point where Buffy's dad shows up early. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny that he shows up early and he's like, Buffy, why weren't you in class? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you thought she was in class, why the hell are you there? Hey, dad, why aren't you in my life? And then, so they go outside to talk and... Oh man. And the most brutally painful conversation <laughs> oh, like, ever. I know goes that down. this is supposed to be a nightmare thing, but good lord, like, could you ever imagine a father saying this to his daughter? For the level of awful that this
0: was, uh I have mad respect for the way this man played this scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. He I consider myself now a connoisseur of the shitty. <laughs> of the shitastic and this was Filet Mignon.
1: Yeah, this dude, his delivery of this was phenomenal. And I, I wrote down the the main bit that really fucking uh mattered to me. And he just
0: launched right into it.
1: Yeah. He's like he's like, Oh, I wanted to tell you why your mom and I divorced. And Oh well, wasn't it just because like you were I I forget what she said. You grew apart. You grew apart. You grew apart. He's like, oh my no. no." (laughs) It was you. (laughs) All the trouble you're getting in. I mean, seriously, you were a handful. (laughs) He he specifically, he says to her, I'm not going to go on. (laughs) And And then then he goes on. Specifically,
0: continues on. And Uh, Speaking of which, I don't really
1: get anything out of these weekends with you, so... well, before he says that, though, he says, "You're sullen and rude, and not nearly as bright as I thought you were going to be." And just the the tone at which he says that is like, "And you're just not nearly as bright as I thought I w- you were going to be." And it's so fucking underhanded, and just the cruelest goddamn thing I could imagine happening to her. And then he tells her, "Yeah, I don't get anything out of this. Bye." His whole tone is like, "Oh, you're fine with it, right?" I love it. It's a ter. It's it's actually kind of heart wrenching. Uh, speaking of
0: which, Rex, I really don't get anything out of these podcasts with you. <laughs> so, what do you say we just don't do them anymore? Righty,
1: we we have nothing else to do with our lives Whiskey? except drink and talk about stupid TV shows. Whiskey. So uh, Xander and Willow
0: and Giles all suddenly figure out that their nightmares are coming true.
1: Hold on. I have to make a mention of something. When Xander and Willow are in the library, Buffy's already left, and they're telling Giles about the nightmares. Giles responds with, "Oh, oh, of course it's nightmares. It's definitely not a musical comedy version of this. And I want to specifically mention this because he says he he says this line, and this episode is mentioned in Once More With Feeling. Oh, there was another
0: thing that happened in this episode that reminded me of Once More With Feeling.
1: Yes. And we'll we'll get to that when we get to that.
0: No 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 no, like, no. I know. Just one little thing that Willow said when they oh. were talking about the spiders. Um She said oh, something earlier? Yeah. She specifically said, and what do they need all those eight legs for anyway? <laughs> Which is ex- almo- I... almost line for line or almost word for word, a line from Once More With Feeling. And uh, and what's with all the carrots? What do they need such good eyesight for anyway?
1: But yeah, during, during that same song, there's the line of maybe some kid is dreaming. And we're all we're all stuck in his wacky musical nightmare. And so, like, they actually call back to this specific episode. Yeah, so when I heard yeah. this line, I'm like, oh, my God, they called forward to Once More With Feeling, even. Nice. Holy shit, that's impressive, especially considering how much later in the series Once More With Feeling is. Yeah, what was that, season five? I think so. Yeah, it, I want to say it was like... Five or six. I want to say it was like
0: season five, episode seven or something. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to remember the episode.
1: Yeah, I'm probably... But um, I just, I thought it was fucking amazing writing that they were able to call back and forth like that so well. Joss Whedon, we need your time machine. So, the next part gets a bit hard to keep track of, but Buffy finds this Billy kid. Cause after, after her dad leaves, she sees Billy. So she follows Billy and they're in the gym and they run into the, the ugly, the ugly guy at this exact same moment, Giles, Xander, and Willow leave the, the library and they're like, let's split up. And of course, Willow's response is, that's a bad idea. As they all split up. Did she say that that was a bad idea? Yeah, she said something along the lines of it being safer to stay together or something.
0: Oh, good on um, her.
1: Oh, yeah. She's the smart one of, of this situation. Well, absolutely. But I, I honestly think that maybe they split up because that's part of her nightmare. Hmm. Because there are some, some instances in this episode where characters are definitely acting a little off. Yeah. Like, you can never be sure
0: what actions people were taking and what decisions they were making were, you know, their own or because of the nightmare.
1: Right. And, uh, and like, how much free will would you have if my nightmare dictates that you would have to do something? Yeah, what a clusterfuck. So that that's really what my take on that was, because I can't... Like, they don't have a long record of, like, hey, guys, let's split up. Like, they're very much a huddle-together sort of crowd. Yeah, you're right. Huh. So... Willow, for some reason, goes into the basement, and while she's down in the basement, she gets grabbed.
0: She does, and then it cuts away. Cuts away. Is that when we cut to Xander? Yep. Or... We cut to
1: Xander as he's all of a sudden walking through a derelict part <coughs> of the school that has Nazi symbols spray painted on the walls.
0: Yeah, I and was there's like, like wait, plastic hanging and shit. It's like, wait, where the fuck is he? Yeah, it looked like a scene out of Half Life. It really did. <laughs> They I mean they had the ladder in the middle of the hallway just yep. the, the swinging broken fluorescent But he's not lamp. in a
1: nightmare. He's in heaven because he is following a trail of fucking candy All bars. All of the chocolate <laughs> bars. I was so happy for him. Yes. He was He was so excited. He was so excited. Pure joy, pure <laughs> joy, and like I love that he's not like eating one candy bar and then the next. He's just opening every candy bar he comes taking across, one fucking and taking bite. one huge bite, and not even like taking the time to chew what's in his mouth. Yeah, he's just f- filling his face like a
0: squirrel. Too busy seeing all of the other candy bars in the trail to actually chew what he's already taken bites of. You
1: mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You mean? Besides- you mean besides me do you
0: believe do you believe i didn't ask we have to achieve our dreams otherwise we wither and die we're going to the other cool place in sunnydale
1: yep and then we cut back to to buffy and the kid as they're running from this thing and then all of a sudden they're in the graveyard and this is where the payback of having the master reintroduced in the beginning of the episode comes into play. Oh, I thought the transition was noteworthy. They went through a oh, bush. Yeah. That that uh, was phenomenal. Oh, shrubbery. <laughs> yeah, they they went through a shrubber or shrubbery. God damn it. A shrub. Uh-huh. It's a shrub.
0: Sure. <laughs> and they're in the that they cut their way through with a herring and there was a nice little path down the way. <laughs>
1: Okay, so... And then the master pops out, and he says, me, Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't try to fight back. Apparently, he, it's the real master. Yeah. For some fucking reason. And, like, he can leave the, the Hellmouth because of her nightmare. Because really she, fucking
0: stupid. Because she fears it. It's true.
1: Yeah. It, it's really dumb yeah. to me that they had... They didn't even need... Having the nightmare of her with the master in the first bit of the episode, fine. Yeah. But having the bit where he's like saying, oh, something weird is going on, that is so pointless. It doesn't even add to this.
0: Also, I mean, the way they wrap up the episode, he's clearly not going to remember that this happened.
1: Exactly. Unless
0: being a supernatural being gives you extra special memory powers.
1: I guess, maybe. Sure. She gets thrown in a grave. And he fucking buries her?
0: Yeah. He does that quintessential bullshit (laughs) villain thing where I think I will just leave them unattended and
1: just assume that everything went to plan. What? More importantly, though, he throws her into the, the open grave, into a coffin. The coffin closes and he starts burying it and he's like laughing as he's burying it and i wonder how long he was laughing before he's like fuck this is hard (laughs) (laughs) or before he realized that she couldn't hear him anymore right (laughs) where are his lackeys why did he decide that he needed to fill that hole with dirt yeah he never does
0: his own dirty work (laughs) huh also i imagine he'd get super sweaty in that uh leather
1: jacket yeah I wow. was kind of disappointed that they didn't add any like leather creaks to him moving at all. He consistently does not think things through. No. You no, know, we should
0: go back and we should add leather creaks to everything. <laughs> yes. Specifically the master.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to Willow, I think. Probably. And she's having her stage fright yeah, nightmare. She's she's in an opera which i
0: don't know i is she a singer she's not i don't understand why she would have nightmares about that i don't either did somebody make her sing a recital when she was like
1: 6 yeah and that's there's nothing mentioned anything about it <coughs> we get more backstory and context to the fucking clown that shows up next <laughs> yeah and her, her situation isn't even really that bad. It's not like people are, like, trying to murder her or anything. Yeah, I mean, I was... She's th- just on stage and can't sing.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay, here's another legitimate um, <laughs> anxiety dream that I often have. This is recurring. This is not your therapy session. Well, I, you know, I paid for my fucking microphone myself. <laughs> so, excuse me a moment. Having been in theater a lot which makes it make a lot more sense Um, having anxiety and dreams is not, not uncommon uh, where you're in a show that you've been in before, but it's like a reboot and they called you last minute and they're like, Hey, can you come in and do this role? And then like, you can't find all your old costume bits. And then it's like five minutes to open to, to your queue to come on. Um, And then, you're and you're, Like, you're still trying to get your pants on by the time your cue comes around, and then you get out there and you can't remember the words very well, and it's just a clusterfuck. It's one big clusterfuck.
1: I'm increasingly happy that I was never a theater kid.
0: Yeah. However, in this scenario, I was like, I, wh- why would you even care, Willow? Wouldn't you just be like, I think I'm in the wrong building. I have to go.
1: Yeah. Then we go to Xander. Yeah. And Xander is following his candy bar trail and comes across a chocolate hurricane. He does. Which, uh, chocolate hurricane, to me, sounds like a terrible name for a, a candy bar.
0: Yeah, it sounds like poop.
1: Yep, exactly. And so he's it marveling sounds... at this chocolate hurricane, that, and he's like, I haven't seen one of these since my sixth grade birthday.
0: It sounds like a poopy sex act.
1: Yeah it really does. I'm
0: going to give you a chocolate hurricane. Oh,
1: no. You said yes in the email. Oh, shit. So he has this moment where he's like I haven't seen this since my 6th grade birthday when the clown was there and then the cl- this clown uh, stabs through the plastic next to him and they just Dub a laugh over this clown.
0: Oh, yeah. It definitely wasn't actually coming out of his mouth. But I love it. Yeah. No, that's fine. I, the w- the quality
1: works. of the laugh is just fantastic. Yeah. And because it, it, you ever have, when you were a kid, one of those like laughing ba- boxes or something? You press a button and it just laughs and laughs. You're the only person who had a laughing box, Rex. It was... Did it make you feel like no, you I had was more not the, friends? I was not the only person who had one of those. <laughs> But. How would you that's, know? That's what the laugh was like. <laughs> well, they sold them in stores. I couldn't have possibly been the only kid who par- whose parents bought that stupid toy for. Yeah. But that's what the laugh reminded Seems me of. Seems to
0: make sense.
1: Specifically, I remember in the very end of the first Batman movie when the Joker falls off the building, he has one. Huh. And it's laughing.
0: So you and a Batman villain had one. Yes. That makes two. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> well. I don't really know anyone else that much. That's my point exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Now we can move on.
1: So Willow is getting tomatoes thrown at her as she comes out of a room and Xander runs into her. Yep. And oh I can't, I I didn't write down their exchange here, but he says to her, "Remember when we when I was 6?" At my birthday party, and she starts laughing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you mean when the clown chased you around?" Uh huh. And then he's not obviously not happy about it, and she's like, "Oh no!" And the cloud, and the clown just bursts through the plastic and is chasing after him. Mm-hmm. It's actually a decent clown too, and it's not like super goofy of a clown, which pleased me. Are you are you lost in your notes?
0: Nope. I just I literally only have one note about the clown. It's Sanders finding chocolate and dreaming about clowns.
1: Mostly the note I have is that he he punches the clown.
0: He does punch the clown.
1: So they, they find find it wasn't half as satisfying as
0: I wanted it to be to no. be. It looked like he totally whiffed. But then the clown went down yeah. anyway. But which is kind of how fight choreography I works. I can only
1: imagine how good that felt to Xander, like, as the character? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That would have been super satisfying. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak, 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 steak,
1: steak, steak, steak. They realize that, oh, they're they're like, oh, we got to find Buffy. How do we find Buffy? And Xander's like, I don't remember the graveyard being there. Yeah. (laughs) And when did it get so night over there? Yeah, that was really there's neat. There's just how like they... a, a portal in the in the uh-huh. in the frame of, and there there's the graveyard. And so, and that
0: explained how the uh, going through the bush turned into nighttime thing. So that was neat. I wasn't expecting that to be a thing that other people could just see.
1: Right. <laughs> I I honestly kind of expected that when they went <laughs> through the shrubs, they actually like ended up in the in the graveyard. Uh Uh-huh. Like, they they actually were on the other side of town all of a sudden.
0: Right. Yeah, I figured it was more of a teleportation thing as well, because, I mean, the ugly man wasn't suddenly following them through the bushes.
1: Exactly. Like, what the hell? Why why didn't he just go run through the graveyard, too? Yeah. So, not entirely
0: consistent there, but whatever.
1: So, Willow and Xander ask, you know, whose nightmare is this? Giles is like, it's mine, as they come across Buffy's uh, Buffy's grave. And... (laughs) <laughs> giles gets a really like you know sad face kind of moment here mm-hmm. and he like touches his hand to the grave just as buffy's hand like pops out of the dirt and they're really mishmashing dreams here at this point because i'm like oh yeah no it's not your dream
0: it's her dream because she got buried by the master but then there's actually a headstone so she must be you know right hard air quotes dead.
1: And it's funny because I was actually thinking the exact same thing at this poem this moment in the in the show as well. Yeah. And just the fact that it's like this dream that is currently happening with them is aspects of Giles's dream and her dream. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me.
0: And yeah, I mean that I think just shows how much of a clusterfuck this whole nightmare world thing is becoming.
1: Right. And that's fine. And Giles has mentioned a few times at this point that if this continues to happen, reality will be destroyed.
0: Yeah. So she drags her own ass out of the grave basically, and she's a vampire now. Oh, Buffy, I didn't know that you dreamt about being a vampire.
1: Vampire Why like <laughs> first off, Giles, obviously she'd have that nightmare. Yeah. Like she, that is that is a exactly the kind of nightmare that you'd expect a vampire slayer to have. Yeah, that
0: would, would really define failure in her field.
1: I mean, that's like my friend <laughs> My friend, who's a butcher has nightmares about accidentally cutting off his fingers. That tracks to what he does in his life. Yeah. It makes perfect sense that she has nightmares about being a vampire. It
0: certainly does. But, you know, to be fair, to his credit, he was very sympathetic about oh, it. Oh, yeah.
1: And they, they all are, which is good. They're, they don't try to slay her, which is also <laughs> yeah. good. But her exit line here is pretty good. Because she says we but we better h- find him fast because I'm getting hungry. Oh yeah. And as the as they're walking off scene, which definitely you know sealed the
0: deal. It's like wait, but is she really a vampire? Or does she? I just, think she is. Does By, she just look like a vampire? Well, it, because of the nightmare thing, yeah, she was technically actually a
1: vampire
0: for that moment.
1: I think it's more than that though, and we'll we'll get back to that. Uh, During the the final confrontation fight, okay, because I have a a a thing to say about that. But as they're exiting scene, Willow is like just going on and on about something, and Giles just deadpans to her, "Willow, do shut up."
0: As they (laughs) exit scene, I enjoyed that also.
1: So (laughs) they go to the hospital to wake up the wake up Billy. That's the plan, I guess. Yeah. And as they're... One- Dude, holy shit. As, like, the, the scale at which everyone's lives are falling apart is monumental here. And, like, there are nightmares fucking everywhere. Yeah. How the hell did they even get to the hospital with all the shit going on? Yeah, the hospital's literally gone,
0: you know, full zombie apocalypse mode. The doctor's hands are crumpled up into some weird claw thing. There's fucking bees, big ones, and lots of them outside. Giles is not wearing his hospital ascot. It's pandemonium.
1: <laughs> I also had the question that if, if Buffy is an actual vampire, how did she get to the hospital? <laughs> and there's a couple of times where she's standing in direct sunlight. Hmm. So she must not actually be a vampire. However, when they get to this kid's room and then all of a sudden they're like, they're like talking to his astral projection while he's laying there and they're like, just wake up. (laughs) They had a real fucking
0: solid plan, which explains why Giles was so scared of considering that their plan would not work and thus Lee needed to tell Willow to shut up, which is akin to kicking a puppy and I normally would disapprove of. However, I understood his need for it in this particular
1: exactly. occasion, and so Buffy ends up fighting the the ugly man. She does showdown with the ugly man, and her her line right before the fight is, "I've had a really bad day." That's <laughs> her, her her one line. Is that why they call it a one liner? I mean, it's well, fuck me, it's sideways. not a conversation. I mean, it, it's a one liner. It's just a you don't expect a response. The, the fight is the response. Oh. But anyway, this is where my question comes, because earlier when she fought this dude, she could not fight him. She was not strong enough. But now she just fucking destroys him. Yeah. And so my question here is, is she a vampire? Or is she not? Because she doesn't seem to be a vampire because she doesn't burn up in the sunlight, but she's obviously stronger than she was. Because she looks like she has vampire strength plus slayer strength. Right. My personal
0: theory that I came up with just a minute ago is... <laughs> a whole minute ago. A whole minute ago is that the Nightmare Simulator Generators processor and RAM are maxing out. <laughs> And so inconsistencies The
1: system is starting to lag. Yes,
0: inconsistencies are popping up everywhere. <laughs> Registry errors, the whole shebang. The
1: matrix is coming apart, guys.
0: <laughs> All kinds of deja vu.
1: But the moment that the that Billy unmasks the the ugly man, because apparently it's a mask. Yeah, and he just innately like, knew They totally Scooby Doo'd this. They did. <laughs>
0: The rest is up to you, Billy. Just grabs his face,
1: rip. And well,
0: I'm glad he knew what to do. I
1: guess, yeah. At, at least someone did. <laughs> so then all the nightmares are gone. But apparently the only people who are aware of this like, is the Scooby gang. Scoob! <laughs> We're totally trapped in a nightmare in the hospital!
0: What are we going to do? How did I miss that? I, I don't know. I almost let you keep talking, and that upsets me.
1: Yeah. I'm disappointed in you, too.
0: More of the hearing you continue talking... <laughs>
1: Fuck you. ...than
0: anything that could have been my fault.
1: It's hard for me to say
0: anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds, and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the Slayer, and
1: we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, Please. So, the bad guy in this entire episode turns out to be the baseball coach of this kid. The coach. Who beat the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, that was my question. I was like, wait, wait, wait. did he beat the fuck out of him? Or I did guess. he just
1: tell him it was his fault? It. I think he beat him. He must have beat the fuck out of him. And my guess is with a baseball bat, because of the way the ugly man was, he had a baseball bat for an arm. Oh, that, that makes that's sense. That's my guess. But just
0: why yeah still flimsy as fuck
1: this is i think the first time that there's <coughs> really like a bad guy that is just a normal person uh-huh and it's i think it's played off that this was a kind of a normal thing that happened that was awful but the the hellmouth just made it 20 times worse mm-hmm. because they're in the they're on the hellmouth i guess
0: yeah so, like, the kid probably wouldn't have been able to astral project if he hadn't been on the exactly. hellmouth. Exactly. Maybe the fucking coach wouldn't have beat the fuck out of him if they hadn't been on the hellmouth.
1: Yeah, it. My, I get the feeling that the hellmouth in Sunnydale has kind of an effect similar to like, if you've ever read the book It by Stephen <laughs> King.
0: I haven't actually. Um.
1: So the the big thing with it. In this town of Derry is that the it is making the town awful. So what the reason why all these awful things are happening in these kids' lives is because it being there just makes everything awful. So like the kid who's they're abused by their parents, that that is made worse because it is in the town and it just kind of exudes this dark energy. So I kind of get the feeling that the Hellmouth is similar to that, huh. in that there are more awful things happening just like normal awful things on top of supernatural awful things solely because the Hellmouth is there.
0: Yeah, I like that theory. Now I kind of want to watch that movie because I never really understood what the plot was at all.
1: Um, the new one they, they put out is actually pretty damn good. That's what I've heard. Uh, I actually like it a lot better than the miniseries with uh, Tim Curry Is it.
0: Oh, wait, there wasn't an original, just, like, singular
1: movie? No, it was a it was a made-for-TV miniseries. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Huh. It's, like, dude, it's, like, four, five hours long or some shit. Uh-huh. So, anyway, so the kid wakes
0: up. They're back in Kansas now. Yep. Uh, which is funny, because uh, before the kid wakes up and has that actual Wizard of Oz reference moment, where he's like... <laughs>
1: And hey, you were there. I, I had a
0: dream, and you were there, and, and you, you were, were there. there. Um, anyway, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, uh, just when uh, Xander, Willow, Giles, and Buffy were all headed off to the hospital, I was like, and they're off to see the wizard, <laughs> just
1: flippantly, is how that's how I put it. Isn't it freaky when your notes correspond with a show in weird ways? I've had that happen a few <laughs> times.
0: yes. That's specifically the point I was trying to make. I'm glad you absorbed it. Yes, I'm good at that. Much like a poopy diaper.
1: No, ew.
0: Wrapped around your grandma's face.
1: It's a chocolate hurricane.
0: Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh.
1: bazinga. Full circle. We have just defined what a chocolate hurricane is. Full circle, man. All right, so wrap-up scene. (laughs) So yeah, during the wrap-up... Um, everyone's fine, and Buffy's actual dad shows up, which I guess he doesn't remember what happened. Oh, not at all. And Buffy seems completely unaffected. the logic of of this episode pisses me off. Yeah. I've noticed that about a lot of Buffy episodes, is the wrap-up is like, everything just goes back to normal, and no one thinks twice about any of the weird shit that happened.
0: The important thing is... He got done killing all those other serial killers that he needed to, so now he can pay attention to Buffy again.
1: <laughs> Her dad is not Dexter.
0: <laughs> we have yet to see. I would like to personally request that we come up with some serious fan theories that Dexter is, in fact, Buffy's dad. I, Thank no, you.
1: No, no. Dexter is too young.
0: So they're, they've got this... <laughs> I, did you notice the music playing... I didn't during this wrap-up scene I I it was it was this, it had this like playful 90s sitcom super white non-threatening
1: guitar riff that's kind why of, I, that's probably why I ignored it kind
0: of feeling going on and it, it was just out of character in general for yeah Buffy
1: they uh, usually have pretty good music on the these episodes yeah I, but willow at the very end of this what the fuck, Willow? She turns to Xander and is just like, "Hey, I'm curious." Oh yeah. Were you still attracted to Buffy when she was a vampire? Right? Could like, you be more insecure, girl? And Xander's—he's like, "Oh no, she was she was grotesque." But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he specifically says, "I'm sick. I need help." As they walk off camera, and I'm—I thought, yes, Xander. You're sick, and you need help. And she said, don't I know it? And uh, basically, I I couldn't be more pissed knowing that they never hook up. I was sitting here, I was sitting thinking about this specific line because it annoyed me, because it seemed so off that she would even ask this question. Mm. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized... I think she's asking because she was a, she's attracted to Buffy on some level and she still found Buffy to be attractive when she was a vampire oh. and she wanted to ask Xander about it.
0: Yeah. You too? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it
1: was. Huh. It it tracks. It tracks. It's the only reason I can think that she would ask in the way that she did.
0: That is an interesting theory. There's your fan theory. It's a fan theory.
1: Yeah, okay. It's <laughs>
0: not the one I wanted, though.
1: But it's the one you deserve. God damn it. <laughs> Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more nights, I shall give walk in here. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. So what was your favorite quote of the day?
0: Fucking there, there, favorite there weren't quote many. of the fucking day. I <laughs> knew you were going to fucking ask me that.
1: You should know the answer to this. Um,
0: I don't know. We're probably just going to have to edit out a long pause while I read through my
1: notes. I don't think I have a favorite quote of the day. Yeah? I don't think there were enough quotes in this episode. It wasn't a particularly quotable episode.
0: Like, yeah, I would either have to give a quote to Buffy's dad... Just for saying something oh ridiculously God. shitty, um, or something to
1: Zan- for Xander just for a total giggity moment. Yeah, uh. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, then actually, no. I think my quote is gonna go to Wendell. Okay, specifically because the first after the bit with Cordy in the very beginning of the episode, when they're like getting settling in their seats, and Buffy and Willow come up, Xander looks at them and goes. Wendell was in Cordelia's light, and he he goes, yeah, I'm so ashamed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see here. I wrote down pretty much the entirety of Buffy's dad's scene.
1: It was really good and <laughs> awful,
0: but good because it was awful. No, I just, I can't bring myself to give him a quote of the day based on that, because it was really more about delivery and the... Yeah, the progression
1: was, of the entire speech. Exactly. It definitely wasn't his wasn't the lines itself. Yeah. The quote of the day is, in my opinion, about the delivery plus the line. It's a combination thing.
0: Absolutely. So I
1: guess that means Xander's giggity moment.
0: It's the one where he's talking to Wendell, and Wendell says, I really love spiders. And he's like, It is platonic, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Sure. That's my quote of the day. Why not? Well, and
1: you know what? I can't blame Xander for asking that because the look on <laughs> Wendell's face when he's like, no, I love spiders. <laughs> it's like, I think you might need help, Wendell. Oh, no, I love spiders. Yeah.
0: I We uh, we knew something was off, Wendell.
1: Yeah, definitely. But ew. <laughs> so did you like the episode? Meh. Yeah, it was a very mad episode. Meh. Whatever. I you guess know. they needed it to fill time. Sure, we have two more of this season left. There's probably character progression or some shit. I don't know what the next episode is. I I don't know either. Um, should we? I th- I think the next. I wonder if the next episode. I'm not going to look it up, but I wonder if the next episode is just a bigger focus on the master. Because I mean we only have two episodes to like get the climax of that, that right arc. So Yeah. So I'm really wondering what the next episode will be. Well it's all about the climax with you, isn't it?
0: Jesus Christ. Can't just have some some nice, extended, pleasurable intercourse. Okay, my my analogy completely fell apart there.
1: Much like your life. Foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> Four. this has been well not beer with Buffy but booze with Buffy yay whiskey I'm Josh I'm Rex Foreskin <laughs> have a good night Foreskin
0: you are the Lives upon you Foreskin and seven years and again, ago allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility and instead of which you would enslave yourself to this this cult you don't like the
1: color? You have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy a vampire's. Why are we watching this? (laughs)